0: From How to the Barbecue Studios in right Hernando, Mississippi, me. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and
1: Derek Biglane. Morning, Zach. Good morning, Matt. You can notice I did not say it was not the usual start with morning, Matt, morning, Derek. Derek Big Lane is taking the day off, and he's traveling down to – or actually, he's already in – I believe Florida. I think that's where he is down in Florida. Lucky Joker. Exactly. So he's he's going on a much deserved uh, anniversary trip. We wish he and Lisa certainly a uh, happy anniversary. I I don't know. I can't remember exactly if he told us what number it was.
0: Man, after 15, doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly.
1: exactly. So I'm here with Zach Sims. Zach is a local uh, school administrator. Uh, He's going to tell us more about that. Uh, Zach has been uh, very involved with Rooster Production, uh, really since we got started in about August or something, really helped us out, teaching us kind of the mistakes that you guys made and stuff like that. Zach has been podcasting now for over five years, almost six years.
0: Yeah, we're we're actually approaching our seventh year. Uh, me, my brother, and, and uh, Cash, our, we have a three partner group, and we do entertainment stuff. Or at least we used to,
1: right? right well y'all think it's entertaining <laughs> <laughs> yes so well, uh, we entertain ourselves so exactly you know. the, the, the making the show is fun <laughs> uh you know Thanks, exactly so again Derek Lisa uh happy anniversary we hope you guys travel safe and enjoy y'all's time uh down on the coast uh but but Zach's gonna we're gonna talk some more about some different things that Zach has going on in Olive Branch uh, some things pretty similar to UTW but it's an opportunity for him and them to cover over on the east side of the county is gonna be something that's pretty neat well Zach I appreciate you coming in and taking Derek's spot like I joke the other day on on the Tuesday show. It's time to get some talent here.
0: Well, of course, you know. Uh, I, thank you for the opportunity. You know, I've known Derek and you guys for a long time, and you know this. This show is awesome I mean what you guys do for Hernando uh, you know the feedback y'all are getting you know I go to church with you guys of course but I've been here a long long time I and mean, I grew up here I met my wife here this this is home and to see what y'all are providing for this community is absolutely phenomenal and so uh, I can just say from the people who maybe don't get to tell you we thank you well
1: we appreciate it uh, I mean we work hard on it but at the same time uh, any opportunity to shine a positive light under the water tower is definitely what we're trying to do so we certainly appreciate the the compliments yeah, Derek's actually actually your uh, Sunday school teacher Yeah, what's um, he like as
0: a Sunday school teacher? You know Derek, like I know Derek, and uh, uh, Derek is a fine gentleman and a fine teacher. Let me tell you, and uh, that is not in the looks department by any means. The reality of it is, is that Derek is is solid. The guy cares about his uh, his constituents. He cares about the people on the show. He cares about the people in his Sunday school class. He makes it a priority in his life, and uh, he's a big reason my wife and I come to Sunday school every Sunday. Is that you know somebody who cares and shows that level of commitment to some people you could say strangers, you sure. know, that means a lot to us and uh, it just shines through with everything he does.
1: Yeah. And definitely in your thirties, uh, forties, uh, being, you, you know, your Sunday school class becomes such a part of your family, such a part of your, uh, Christian walk. So, uh, it, yeah, Derek's a good, solid Sunday school teacher. Um, you know, Derek grew up Catholic, so he has very, yes, a yes. lot, yeah, a lot of Bible knowledge and stuff like that. So, I mean, I know he definitely, uh, there's probably times he probably teaches you guys a little bit more
0: than uh, normal. He would never do such a thing, exactly. you know. No, exactly. He's uh, he's very informed. He's very astute. He does his homework. Uh, if anything, you rival in the moments where you get to catch him where we know something and he doesn't.
1: Zach, I actually had a good time. I, I challenged him to go on an anniversary trip. Go on a trip, four days, no work, no nothing. Go on a trip and don't do any push-ups. Do you think he can pull it off?
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's probably doing push ups right now as he's listening. Right. He's probably chewing on something and wondering why in the heck he left and let this mic get I mean, right this behemoth. Yeah, no. Exactly. I know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's tired
1: of hearing his name over and over again. But
0: anyway, we'll get we'll get more into the uh the, the
1: podcast over in the Olive Branch area here momentarily. Look, if you're looking for a home in the Olive Branch area in the eastern part of the county, which we'll discuss here shortly, give Team Couch of Birch Realty Group a call. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is our two thousand twenty-one UTW podcast sponsor Team Couch possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number 1 team for residential real estate in DeSoto County. With over 25,000 closings on the buying and selling side of real estate, you will not find a better team than Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you when you need them. I visited with Brian Couch earlier this week. It's a very good time to put your house on the market. And that's why right now they're offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That's a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home to learn the value of it, to learn comps in the area, and if now is the right time to put your house on the market. So if you're looking to sell your home, please reach out to Brian and Terry at Team Couch at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at TeamCouch.com. That's TeamCouch.com. Zach want to welcome you into the how to barbecue right shop studios. How to barbecue right shop is located just 500 yards past Connection gymnastics right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, thermometers, cutting boards, sauces, knives, cast iron and some really cool high-end smokers if you've ever seen malcolm's how to barbecue right cooking videos you need to stop by his shop today you can give them a call at 662-912-9947 that's 662-912-9947 or find them on facebook at h2q the letter h the number two the letter q malcolm shop on facebook Again, located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. Zach, before we move on, I want to congratulate How to Barbecue Right Shop on their ribbon cutting. Yes, ha-
0: I saw that. That was, that was quite an accomplishment. I'm very, very happy for it. Right.
1: Saw that on Facebook. want to congratulate Malcolm and Rochelle over at the How to Barbecue Right Shop. Wish them nothing but the best uh, when it comes to success here in Hernando. Get over there as soon as you can and take a look at those things. They will be having a grand opening on March 6th. That'll be coming up. Do you know Malcolm? Have you ever been to the shop?
0: I have not met Malcolm. Uh, believe it or not, I've watched his videos for a few years before I even heard y'all. Right. Mention him, or he became a sponsor on the show. The guy knows this stuff, sure. and so I can only imagine this shop is going to be right in right in par with that. Right. And so I look forward to making my trip over there and seeing what they got. I think it's going to be a great thing for Hernando.
1: Now, I have a little bit of feeling, Zach. I mean, you know, the podcast is not live; like people can't see us necessarily. But I would feel like you and I are we're big guys. Oh,
0: <laughs> big <laughs> is, a, is a is that's a nice compliment. Right. You
1: and I are big. If the if the
0: podcast was a football team, we would be in the line. Uh, there's no doubt. <laughs> There is there zero doubt? Well, I, I, I can give you a tight end okay. in comparison to this physique over here. Okay. All right. So you play tackle, I play tight end. Something like exactly. that. I've never been accused of wide receiver, that's right. for sure. And,
1: and you've listened to probably to every episode. So Derek definitely would be on the team, of course, but he would have a neck roll on well,
0: Neck roll or at least a towel on his shoulder. You know, that, <laughs> that guy, you know, the carries my water, that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> I got you.
1: Definitely. So look, what we're here about, what we're going to visit about again, Derek's out of town. So you're sitting in with me for a couple of different reasons. The production uh, group that, that Derek and I created, Rooster Production, that Zach's helped us uh, so much with and, and, and getting started learning from his mistakes over the last almost seven years when it comes to podcasting. Derek and I definitely wanted people to be inspired by what we do. We wanted people to be excited about the different things like that. And that's kind of how what leads us into this conversation. So you're starting a podcast basically in Olive Branch. It's going to be called OB Pod. Obviously that is correct. That stands for Olive Branch. I mean, let's keep it simple there. There's
0: no doubt. Right.
1: OB Pod going to be focused on the, the eastern side of the county. Correct. Okay. Like I said, you're going to be sitting in with me but kind of interviewing all at the same time. Zach is an administrator at Center Hill High School? That is correct. Number number two guy in charge? Or?
0: Uh, well, you know, I, I like to say I am, but uh, we have actually have three assistant principals. They're all, you know, myself and the other two, and they're phenomenal ladies. Uh, one's Brenda Case, another one's Sharon Reed, and they do a fantastic job, and we're a great collective. There is, You know, you can say there's hierarchy of – Of authority, or whatever you want to call it, but it's truly a team atmosphere, and that's why I love working there.
1: You've reached out to Derek again. You you and Derek talked quite a bit, him being a Sunday school teacher, of course, a friend, et cetera. Visit with him about the UTW podcast just really since May, June. How, how everything goes and, and that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, Derek came to me um, early in the summer and told us that he had the idea and that uh, you and him were approaching this and were curious about what it would take to get it started and stuff like that. And before you knew it, after having a couple of visits, a little bit of sushi and, you know, him drinking water and some kind of nasty soup, I'm not going to even mention it, uh, we kind of came down to the nuts and bolts of things, you know, just like you said, learning from mistakes, what works, what doesn't. You know, we've been podcasting for a long time. We realized real quick there's things you can do here and it's, it's not necessarily, I would say, an easy job, but you can you can make it where it's not hard. And I just showed them the ins and outs of the programming and how we do everything like that. And before you knew it, I mean, you all took off. And look at the product you have now, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, we appreciate that. We have a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's definitely brought uh, Derek and I closer as friends and, and and business partners to always be talking about. And, and, again, we talk about all the time with politics being local and stuff like that. Um, it's an opportunity for us to kind of shine a light on some of these kids in high school, you know, signing scholarships and having great success on the, the athletic Fields, uh, but it's also an opportunity for us to talk to and educate, you know, Hernando residents and kind of up the Getwell corridor is kind of what seems to be our niche right now. Uh, educate those people, especially again under the water tower here in Hernando, uh, on who's running for alderman, what's going on in your city. I know, I know for a fact there's more people that watch the YouTube videos uh, for the Hernando alderman meetings than ever before. Uh, oh, there's of, no
0: doubt. Well, the coverage you brought has been so needed. You know, as being a lifelong Hernandian, you know, even though I've moved outside the city kind of area, I come. Hernando, you know, every week I go to church here. My family's here. My in-laws live here. My my folks live here. My brother and his whole family live here. I mean, so I'm still a Hernando. The bottom line is, is Hernando and much of DeSoto County has been given the shaft. I'm not going to call it what it is when it comes to uh, proper news reporting, uh, supporting the community, supporting the cities, highlighting what's positive. I think the bottom line is people are just kind of really tired of hearing the hustle and bustle of the city north of us as being the only news source you hear anything about, and a lot of times it's just negative. And so when you get guys came in, it's a refreshing situation. Um, You know, news is not even hardly worth watching a lot of times now because it seems so opinionated. And so bringing factual, good communication to the people here, something that can uplift and bring people together so it's just another example of a, a much-needed niche especially in a world of social media where you
1: you have to I can accuse of something I can say something or I heard this about this candidate or whatever you can just throw it out there and it's like all right, you got you know the candidate has to then prove it wrong and it's an opportunity for us to have an open mic and have an opportunity for somebody to come in 15 20 minutes to you know, kind of enlighten us on why they're running for something or why they're, you know, how it's going with a certain – you know, sitting down with Corey Elselton. I want to talk to Corey Elselton about – you and I'll get there in just a second when it comes to the coronavirus, but a superintendent of education uh, sitting down with us last October right in the beginning of or the thick of making tough school decisions. I mean, that's that's what people want to hear.
0: Well, the reality of is, it is that people will believe what they can see and what they can hear. And in today's world, when you watch the news – you don't know what you're getting is is true and even they might tell you you still have doubt if you get a person on here who's authentic and shows that they're human you hear it in their voice and it's coming from them you know what that that gives you relatability and so and in today's world relatability is is proof in the pudding and that's what the people need and that's what i that's my measure personally is that if i can hear it in somebody's voice and i can see what they're saying and what they the, the care and concern when it comes to the depth of what they're doing then that tells me that's real and so that's what this mic is for and that's what this podcast is bringing
1: well again we certainly appreciate that and that's something we strive for each and every tuesday and friday to put out a good quality product but at the same time uh being fair to others and 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 shining the positive light because like you said a few minutes ago the, the news in memphis every time i see a car from memphis at a memphis news channel i literally instantly
0: think something bad happened yeah, wh- you know, wh- why are they here this time? They're trying to find something negative, right?
1: Exactly. I mean, I live in Hernando. I mean, if there were news uh, cameras last year, I think a you know a kid maybe wore a jacket with a rebel flag on it or something like that, and and I'm like, man, that was that was that brought two news cha- news channels down.
0: Bottom line is is that everybody has the feel they're trying to get you. That's that's and you got to change that. You know, I mean, people want to hear good things. Don't get me wrong. There might not be ratings and so on, but I think we're at a point now in society. Is that, you know, people talk about division and choosing sides and stuff like that. But the bottom line is if you show love and compassion and care for your community and the people who live in it, that will overcome.
1: Yeah. And like you said, live out towards the county, uh, east of Fernando. Your daily activities consist of Center Hill High School. But are you doing most of your shopping that type of stuff in Olive Branch?
0: Uh, I do a lot of things in Olive Branch. She, My wife, uh, she works at a Kroger there at uh, Get Well and Goodman. Uh, she's our local pharmacist, and uh, she loves working with the people and helping people. That's that's her niche, man. You know why she was with me, I'll never understand. <laughs> but you know, I love her to death, and so you know that Goodman Road all the way through there to all the branch to 78 that, that's our hot spot you know what I mean and there's so many great places there so many good people I mean when I work at this school you get to meet the kids of so many local community members business owners you know corporations different like that and you realize these are just the average people humble wanting their kids to have a great education live in a good community and have a positive attitude and so you know like we've decided to do this OB pod uh, at the inspiration of what y'all are doing for Hernando we're like if all the branch is this. Same kind of feel. You know, it's a large city now. Yeah. Over forty thousand residents. But it still has that small town feel. It's grown so fast, it hasn't grown out of that small town feel. You know, it still has its own old town. It still has its main thoroughfare, and it has one or two major roads that go through it, just like Hernando, you know, it has its old town and it has two major roads that come through. So they're very similar, just population differences and everything. So, I mean, like, why not? And so, you know, y'all have inspired us, uh, Cash and I, to do the thing in Olive Branch, and, you know, what y'all are delivering here, we want to do the same thing for them.
1: I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, it's going to be kicking off next month. We're not exactly sure on a date, Derek and I will definitely begin to talk about that and, and share that, unless you know that.
0: Well, we're actually going to launch it on Monday or Tuesday at the absolute latest. We're hoping for March 1st. We have already gotten – a huge cry out for support. Uh, it's unbelievable. We we did some testing. We went and met with some business owners. We met with some local citizens, believe it or not, out you know, feet on the, on the street and talking to people. And the, the positive feedback was unbelievable. Sure. Talking to strangers. When you can talk to a stranger and say, hey, this is the idea we're thinking about. Would this be something you listen to? Would this be something you would invest into? It was almost unanimous yeah. that people were looking for an outlet to say, I want to listen to something that's going to make me feel good about where mm-hmm. I live and make me feel good about that my kids might have something to look forward to, and business owners have an outlet to be able to meet the demands that they need when it comes to meeting their constituents and stuff. And so within a few days, we already have a list of advertisers and sponsors sight unseen, wow. not a single audio recording, and we already had the entire boat set up. Uh, to me, that that's a compliment to what y'all do because we use Rooster Productions as you know, as a partnership, and talked about that. And uh, they listen to y'all, and they're like, "This is what we want." And so, if anything, all the branch is going to prosper from what y'all have created here in Hernando.
1: To me, podcasts are kind of the future of media. From this standpoint, uh, I sum my podcast up: it it allows you and me to record when we want to. And just for the listeners, right now, uh, like I said, Zach's an administrator at the at, at Centennial High School. Zach has a full time job, so Zach can't come in the he can't come and, and record with me tomorrow morning. So we're recording this at four 15 on Thursday, you know, afternoon. That's what we're having to do. But I'm just simply saying you and I can record it when we want to release it when we want to. And then the listeners can listen to it when they want to. Absolutely. It's that,
0: completely optional. It's on their pace. Look, we're in a world of convenience you know and people are going to click the button when they're when they're good and ready right
1: exactly i mean we talk all the time there's times where Brian Couch will text Derek and I and he'll he'll be able to listen to like the first part of the show and then you know he, he might text 3 hours later the second part of the show a, a question or something like that so but that's what it is we can record it when we want to and they can enjoy it or they can uh, they can be a customer or consumer of that product on their time so Absolutely. It's pretty neat. But again, thank you again for your help uh, in helping us get started. Oh, man. Um, but look, let's talk about real quick what else motivated you or kind of gave you that spurred you like, hey, we may be onto to something here. Or we talk all the time about the Hernando Alderman meetings. We talk about the South Haven Alderman meetings. You had an experience about a month ago. In Olive Branch, uh, you and uh, Cash, the gentleman that's going to be recording the show with you, said, hey, if we're going to be doing this, we need to start educating ourselves on local stuff, local things. Tell us about your experience when you go up to the Alderman meeting in Olive Branch and uh, you were stopped at the door.
0: Well, um, Cash and I uh – decided we better do our homework. Um, You know, y'all did such a great job when it comes to going to Alderman meetings, giving the local announcements, community announcements, and things. And so we needed to figure out where those avenues of information were going to best be laid. Of course, the Alderman meeting is going to be number one. Um, But also, we wanted to see if we could make connections with uh, other key people in all the branch area. We reached out to the mayor. We also realized this is an election year, so we've reached out to several of the candidates. Uh, The mayor is not rerunning, and so we've already reached out to both of the main candidates that are going for it. And both of them have already been on the show. Um, we've already interviewed one on the show, and the other one's set up for one. Right, sure. Um, and so, to me, that's, that's a huge sign right there. And they were a wealth of knowledge, uh, giving us lots of information, things of that nature, in order to create a relationship with the potential new mate. Absolutely, mayor. yes. Um, so, th- that was fantastic. And so, we m- m- business owners and stuff. But the, the surprise was is that we made a trip to an alderman meeting about a month ago. Um, And I had been in communication with the, uh, you know, the clerk and some different aldermans in the email and stuff, and they're all very gracious. Um, And we decided to come up to the meeting, and we were met at the door by the security, and we were denied access. And when we asked an explanation, they said, per the rules, you know, that, you know, you're not allowed to come in, and so on. We didn't argue. We didn't fuss. We said, okay, thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. And and we left, you know. You know, of course, in the back of our mind, we were walking away, and we are like, you know, that is kind of a violation of sunshine rule, you know, sunshine rules, uh, sunshine laws, actually. And, uh, you know, that's very curious. And so we decided to look into it a little bit. And, you know, I think we chalked it up to basically, you know, the COVID precautions, Mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature, Um, you know, because they have the meetings and they're required to have them in person. Because, unfortunately, unlike uh, South Haven and Hernando, uh, they have not decided to do live stream or recorded or any audio of any kind, whereas Hernando and South Haven have really stepped forward and done that. Um, And I guess that kind of goes back to the attorney general at the time making the statement of that all efforts need to be made so the public is fully aware and transparency is in place to meet the law and standard. And so through that, you know, in communication, we've we've now been told they are open and they have plans to go ahead and do uh, streaming and video and things like that. It hasn't been implemented yet, but they are getting there. Um, And so to me, that's a positive. Sure, of course. And uh, we're very happy about it.
1: Did they give, I mean, the reason, how long has it not been open to the public? Is it, did they, like, because of the coronavirus, did they start making these changes, these decisions? Is, or has it been a year or has it been, you know, two decades since well, they've an open meeting?
0: We could not get a definitive ah, answer okay. on that. <laughs> um, but in the process of talking to the uh, candidates that are challenging the incumbents of the aldermen, uh, some comments have been made is that transparency is the one of the biggest hot topics when it comes to all the Branch this year for the election. Um, so far, every candidate, which we have poked and talked to about seven out of the eight, I believe, have all said that transparency is one of their hot topics. And that's going to be one of their platform issues is to making sure that everybody understands that even through a pandemic, even through any type of situation, the public needs to be made aware. Uh, you don't want it to have the image or you know perspective that that something bad is going on or something is going on nefarious behind the scenes.
1: Well, I mean, the fact, like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, when it comes to news channels and positive and negative news, all that kind of stuff, I mean... I'm pretty sure you might feel the same way I do when when it comes to you know people in Washington D.C. not necessarily being as transparent as we need. Even with news, there's so much stuff that happens there that, that behind the scenes that we don't even know about, and it shouldn't be that way uh, here in the
0: local government. They work for us. Absolutely not, and I, and I call that the arm reach rule. Sure. Is that you know you can't reach to a person in Washington D.C., but you can reach to your neighbor who's an elected official. Right. Uh, and, you know, they have, a, they have a phone that's paid for under taxpayer dollars and a cell phone number that is listed on their website. And they are, you can reach them at any time. You can text them. You can email them. You can call them. And what I've come to realize after the situation is, is that we've reached out to all seven aldermen, and all of them are phenomenal people. Good. They have all come in some in some form of way either indirectly or directly have communicated with us and are agreeing to get on the show and are going to talk about their their constituents their community and what they want to build for it and it's phenomenal and so it really even though we might have got denied the door you know that could have happened for a hundred reasons sure the the reality of it is now is is that we reached out and they've responded of course and by them responding that shows me that transparency is something they value and so i think that's fantastic I, i look very i look it looks very promising for the future when it comes to this.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to listen to it. Again, OB Pod coming out Monday, hopefully no later than Tuesday. It better be Monday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know how, how hard you guys have worked. So really kind of doing some interviews, maybe having keeping some of them kind of in the can per se, whereas our show comes out Tuesdays and Fridays, and we, we'll talk about it here in just a minute when we talk about sports, but we kind of date ourselves pretty quickly. Uh, some of our stuff can kind of become obsolete, but it just is what it is. Um, you know, so, so, so a lot of your stuff, kind of the interviews and different things, things like that may be able to be, maybe be a week late, but y'all don't necessarily ask a bunch of questions that, that date y'all show.
0: So we, we we love the format y'all run, but we decided we don't want to copy it exactly because we are Rooster Productions. And so we don't want to make it where you're doubling up your identical same product. We overlap each other. And so we want people in Hernando to listen, just like people in Olive Branch to listen to, listen to y'all. So the reality of it is what we're going to do, we are going to do local announcements and we are going to do local sports and things infused with the school on a weekly basis. But we are also going to try to deliver content that it doesn't matter if you listen to it today or a month from now or from a year from sure. now, um, a lot of things like I'm not afraid to tell you, the first episode we're speaking to a local hero who lives in the in the community. We're also going to be interviewing the the new football coach for Olive Branch High That's School, huge, yeah, uh, Coach Russell. You know him personally and phenomenal guy, and it's going to be a fantastic interview. We're going to probably be talking to him tomorrow or Saturday, and then also uh, we're going to be breaking down what annexation means. And so those are our three big topics, episode one. And so the reality of it is is that those are three things that are going to affect that community directly that day. Of course. But also, you can reference it a month from now, yeah. a year from now. So, we're trying to lean towards content that is, you know, has a longer shelf life is what I like to say. And and so, we're also going to be diving into uh, Mississippi history. Um, I know y'all do a fantastic job with Rob Long and doing those facts like that. We're going to go a step farther uh, and kind of not just a step farther, but a different direction of like we're even going to do like Mississippi true crime. Things you didn't realize of the history of, you know, some crime and olive branch. There's some great authors and uh, there's some great people here in Desoto County that have some amazing stories that we're already lining up. Um, we've got some, you know, uh, sites, sounds, attractions, things you might not know that are in our own state to Absolutely. try to build it up. So we want to try to be able to where we enhance the content y'all bring out and as well as be able to use your content to help the locals we have here.
1: Something I'd be interested in possibly is, I mean, Olive Branch, like you said, over 40,000 residents. I'm assuming when the new census numbers, it'll be pushing that or over. Well, it's over 40, already. over 40,000. You know, but I, man, I, when I lived there, for I lived there about three years, about 16 years ago. It seems like everybody would always say, oh, Olive Branch used to be so small and stuff. I'd like to learn a little bit about the growth of, you know, what what really was the floodgates that got, just kicked the door open, you know, that type of stuff. Oh yeah. Maybe not now, but just in, in one of the shows, growth of Olive Branch would be a really neat show to listen to because some, some people compare it to Hernando, you know, 30, 40 years ago. You just passed through it on 78, you know. Um, but the interstate, like when it came in and started to change all that stuff.
0: Yeah, we we looking to have a little history there. I mean, you can go all, you could go all the way back to where it's the Wesson House to you know current day. Uh, there's a lot to go there, and we are going to touch on that uh, very soon. Uh, you know, when you listen to the annexation part of it, it's going to blow your mind when you see the numbers that are attached to this. Oh, I can't and wait so, to hear that. Yeah, so next week you're in for a treat.
1: And again, perfect thing right there is like you can listen to it. You know, day of you can listen to it six weeks later to learn what does annexation mean for Olive Branch and that area and stuff like that. I can't wait for that. So again, congratulations to you and Cash. What's Cash's background or what does he do for a living if you, you know
0: cash is a dish jockey for the rebel okay uh, so he's already he's on a mic on so he, a normal he may, day job he may be better than me on the microphone uh <laughs> I- no comment. no comment. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I didn't know. I've been to Florida, so I've, I've been to a place called Cash's. I didn't know if he had anything to do with that or
0: not. No, 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 not no like that. And so he, his name is Cash Lovett. He's a phenomenal guy. And a little history there is, is believe it or not, he was one of my football players. And so, uh, you know, he was a, a, fun, a great football player. He went on to play college football. Um, you know he's a big guy like us. You know when you say the offensive line, he's another yeah. one of the guys. You know uh, we're buffet destroyers, you know through and through. <laughs> um, and he's just a good natured guy. He's got a great radio voice. Uh, you know uh, he's got a laugh that will make anybody laugh right. at him. Right. And so and he he knows it and loves it and thrives on it. And so uh, we get a lot of positive feedback. And you know, but he cares about it. I mean that's what he wants to do. He sure. wants, you know he's already in the profession. He does this podcast and he joined us after my brother and I got it started. And he's brought nothing but great things to it.
1: Hey let. Let's Be sure and take what we'll do as a rooster production group. We'll go to lunch, me, you, Cash, and Derek. We'll go to lunch and just <laughs> and we'll see just how, how disgusted we can get. Derek, oh, there's no with doubt our, with our well, lunch. I'd like choices. three buffets and a kid's exactly. meal, please. Yeah, yeah three know? buffets, and Derek just what like he's jello or something like that. But but man, I'm really excited about the show. I'm excited to, I'm kind of excited about lunch now that I joke around about <laughs> it, you know, so go, go do this, something like that. But something else I'm excited about Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, and angie or jennifer at 429-5213 that's 429-5213 or find them on facebook at lauderdale insurance agency that's lauderdale
0: insurance agency on facebook DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on an aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, including implants, implant-supported dentures, and Invisalign. DFDC makes you use modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, Auto cave sterilization and an in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in your lab process to the end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you and a relaxing personal dental care. Visit their office today. You can reach them at 662-429-5239. That is 662-429-5239.
1: Speaking of doing different things in Hernando, Olive Branch, all around the county, podcast brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard continues to ask me to remind the UTW Podcast listeners about their fencing services. That's new fences, gates, gate repair, fence repair, anything you might need for your property anywhere in DeSoto County. Reach out to Richard and his team at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, before we turn our attention to sports and basketball and that type of stuff, Zach, I did something I do want to go back to what you mentioned a few minutes ago that I think would be interesting to the listeners. In the news for the last week has been a lot about Shelby County and the different things going on with COVID-19 vaccines. Some of the waste of, I think, almost 1,400 vaccines, and I think it may even be worse than that when they start to dig around a little bit. So, in our preparing for this show, you and I text a little bit back and forth, and you did some research for me. Your wife works at a Kroger in the area. They do COVID-19 vaccines, and so she kind of updated you or kind of gave you a kind of quick synopsis on how things work when it comes to beginning to end from a COVID-19 vaccination. Tell us about it.
0: All right, so whenever you read an article or you see it on the news again, the news kind of finding the negative here, you hear that people are losing their jobs, that multiple uh, vaccines are being thrown away or destroyed or wasted or things of that nature. I always look at it like I do when I go to work. You know, you have there's two sides to every coin and there's always possible explanations and things and it's easy to make a scapegoat. It's easy to, you know, fire somebody and say it was all their fault. We all seen this, we all know this. And so I, I contacted my wife and I asked her, I said, you know, can you break it down to what the process is when it deals with these vaccinations? And when she explained this to me, it really, really surprised me because all I saw in giant glowing red letters was huge room for error. Sure. OK, and that's not anybody's fault. That's just because of the way this is designed and how it's stored and so on. So the reality of it is, is that the vaccine, depending on which you want to go, we're going to talk about Pfizer. Sure. Uh, you can, Moderna is very close to the same thing. It's very similar. Uh, the vaccine is stored at is a unbelievably negative temperature. It's complete frozen um, and it has to stay that way. The second that it is transferred to any form of new refrigeration, it goes it automatically starts the clock of a hundred and twenty hour shelf life. You do the math, basically five days. You sure. know, it's not it's not, you know, give or take. And after that, when it's time to use that shot, it has to be prepared. And so they are stored in vials of six doses each. And so when you pull that vial out, it has to get to room temperature. And then once it's room temperature, it has to be mixed to create into six separate shots once it gets to that room temperature it has only six hours that it's allowed to be effective so when you think about this situation when you hear these numbers of things being thrown away or destroyed or not used think about how many people are asking for a vaccine at one time and what kind of scheduling conflict that is what i can give you a comparison here is is that in desoto county at the lander center as a person who's seen it, go through the process, knows people who has had a vaccination and everything else, it is a very well ran old machine. The National Guard does a phenomenal job. We are blessed right. to have the system we have in place. You can that's a testament to our elected officials, our county supervisors, the National Guard, Lander Center, all of them deserve a pat on the back and a huge thank you. And they go in, you go through the online system, you sign up, you get your time, you go through there, they double check it, they hit your ID, you sign your paperwork, you go, they give you a question. And They give you a question and answer session. If you're concerned about something, you get the shot. They they roll you into a spot where you have a 15-minute waiting period to make sure you're okay, and then you drive out. It is smooth. It is absolutely smooth. It's the Chick-fil-A
1: of vaccines in DeSoto County.
0: Absolutely. Right. You go across the state line, sure. you end up at the fairgrounds or another location where it's first come, first serve, and it could be anywhere between seven and eight hour wait, and there's no guarantee you're going to get one. Wow. And so when you put those two in comparison, and you read an article that says that the Department of Health in Memphis has been basically disemboweled or removed as a supplier, you, you can throw your hands up saying, I wonder why. Okay. But you also have to look at the reality of this, is that when you hear all these numbers, when it comes to how long this stuff can last, and so on and the system is going in. It just means there was breakdown in the original plan, communication and disbursement of these vaccines. And so it's not a one man show when it comes to these things. So it's easy to point a finger. So I always tell people, make sure you listen and do your research before you believe the first thing you see or hear. Like, again, careful what news you get. Of course, um, but I, what I can tell you as a positive here is is that in DeSoto County, you know, Walmart has already started receiving vaccinations, and you're allowed to get in through there. It's a slower process; you, know, you have to go to the schedule. But also, Kroger has just announced, and that started as of yesterday, uh, or I would say Tuesday, that they are allowing shots and vaccinations to happen at the local stores. Now, every store is allotted a certain amount. It's not a whole lot, and they have a certain time frame they do it. I think most of the stores here are somewhere between 10 and 4 during the day and stuff, and they only do uh, like four shots an hour. Um, And so please understand. This is new. Yeah. This is new. So when Walmart, the Kroger, or any other provider in the area is providing a vaccination, this is not a situation where you just roll up in there and say, hey, I'm ready for my shot. And you walk in and out there 10, 15 minutes. They give them four shots an hour. But well, the process here also you have to understand is it's still, it's not going to cost you, but the insurance still has to be notified that you're receiving the shot. The government still has to understand that you're getting the shot. That has to be recorded. All that takes time. Sure, It could be 20 to 30 minutes for you to get before it's even time for us to get you a shot. And then the process is, again, the pharmacist has to know you're coming. That means the scheduler has to be clear cut informed on schedule so they can prepare it without wasting a vial that is precious absolutely precious it could be 30 to 45 minutes before you actually even get a stick in the arm right and then that pharmacist is going to make sure you're okay by observing you for 15 minutes so i ask people you know as a, as a husband to a wife to a pharmacist and to know some pharmacists and healthcare professionals our first responders are phenomenal right but make sure you understand that they are doing the best they can and if you have the opportunity to say thank you or you, you know, do something to let them know they're appreciated for what they're doing, because you have to understand that means they are looking at a person who is potentially COVID positive and who's potentially has symptoms, who may or not, may not know, maybe asymptomatic, but they are seeing them on a daily basis sure. every day and stuff. And so, you know, just think about that. And so plan ahead, do your scheduling, do your timing and everything else. And I think everybody in here will be able to get their vaccination in a much smoother and quicker pace if we work together as a community.
1: Yeah, and during our prep, we were kind of visiting a little bit about Derek obviously being <laughs> a little bit of a control freak. You know, send me a bunch of texts about, hey, what about this for Friday, that for Friday. One of the things was Governor Tate Reeves is allowing, or not allowing, teachers, educators for the K-12 through level have moved into.
0: what's the, Qualifying. Yeah,
1: they've moved into the qualifying uh, area to, to get their COVID vaccine. What's it feel like from a teacher standpoint? Uh, I mean, are they excited about it? Do you think they, they're not required? Your teachers will not be required to have a vaccine. No, we, they do not. Yeah. There's
0: there no well, no one in the United States of America is required to have exactly. one. Now, your employment might require one meant, for yeah. your job placement, um, but Desoto County Schools, the state of Mississippi, does not require a teacher or government employee there to be to have a vaccination. It basically just makes it it's optional. Sure. Um, but what they are doing is is that Desoto County Schools, as awesome as they are, uh, is working with local hospitals. I, I believe Baptist Desoto, uh, in particular, about trying to set up um, times for the teachers to be able to. To come in because, you know, most of the vaccinations now are Monday through Friday during school hours. So, you know, for us to be able to service the teachers and educators, which I consider our front line, you know, when it comes to COVID, uh, they're going to have to open up some extra areas to be able to service those people. Um, and so I think they're working on some auxiliary times, maybe in the afternoon, maybe a weekend session or stuff. But, yes, if you are a K-12 teacher, uh, you are eligible as of March 1st for that. And more, more information about that is coming out day by day.
1: Something else we were surprised by, or at least I was whenever we were sitting there getting ready for the show, college educators or not. And you reminded me so many of them are, are, are virtual right now.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that is kind of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. If anything, uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I Because, agree. I mean, if you're a teacher, you're a teacher. Uh, now, given a lot of colleges have, and universities have gone to a full virtual schedule, uh, they have a better autonomy to do that. You're, you're dealing with an age group that is older and your you responsibilities there. And believe it or not most of universities are all, you know, you can be anywhere from 25 to 50 to almost full online universities right. already. Of course. So, I mean, like, there's nothing new for them. Um, either any way it goes, though, I, I don't I'd quite understand how you separate them. But, you know, then again, that's above my pay grade. Um, I, can, I can fuss, but it doesn't change things. I'm just going to be focus on the positive that my teachers and the people in DeSoto County and the teachers of the state uh, have an opportunity to now to get a vaccination.
1: It's not that I'm not quite ready for a vaccine or whatever. I don't think I qualify. I'll get my vaccine when they, when they allow the lady, the Sonic girl to get the vaccine so what I'll do like large <laughs> yeah uh, uh, large diet coke light ice and a COVID-19 vaccine yeah.
0: I'll take the left side of the menu and a water and a yeah, vaccine exactly. please uh, yes.
1: you want uh, tater tots or fries and a COVID, COVID vaccine <laughs> that's when the that's when we're going to turn this thing in the right direction when they yes. start allowing the ladies at Sonic to give out COVID-19 right. vaccine speaking of Sonic they were open during the ice thing Oh, I watched I mean I watched trucks slip and slide all over that place but man they were coming to get that limeade. made you oh know? yeah
0: snow Apocalypse had no difference on Sonic. You, you can go get your cherry limeade, a coffee, you know, or a corn dog. Sonic was there for you. Right, I saw one. You know, usually they wear, um, you know, usually they were skates. I saw one girl. She came
1: out with snowshoes. I was like, wow, look at that.
0: I didn't see that, but I'm, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I got
1: you. I'm, I'm kidding. She did not come out in snow. But it is impressive that Sonic remained open. That's one way to. I mean, that that's the, that's the way to do it. Just. Everybody else shuts down. I mean, the four by four guys were going to go to Sonic.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm one of those guys. You know, I, I drive a four by four, and uh, you know, I got my uh, truck and trailer out there with my tractor, and I help clean some parking lots and and everything. I try to help where I could. And, you know, don't get wrong. That was paid gigs and stuff like that. But hey, if it helps the betterment, I'm all about it. It's just another example that you know our community was able to work together. You know, you realize that Josh Pounders, our local coroner, he came out. You know, and, and he graduated high school with me. He's a great, great guy. And he let us know that of all the, you know, of the accidents and things that happened during the snow apocalypse 2021, that there was no uh, snow or ice related deaths, you know. And so that's the testament to our community of being smart, uh, handling roads properly. You know, don't get wrong. There, we saw people in the ditches yeah, and things course. like that. But kudos to DeSoto County for you know doing that.
1: So something we do on Fridays, turning our attention now uh, visiting with Zach and talking a little bit about teachers and, and, and certainly having a good time doing that. Something that we want to do on Fridays, we always talk about our, our kind of DeSoto County shout outs. So one of the shout outs, speaking of teachers, the fourth annual DeSoto County Teacher Career Fair will take place at the Lander Center on Tuesday, March second from two to five. That's Tuesday, March second from two to five the DeSoto County School Teacher Career Fair. Uh, This event, brand new graduates or veteran teachers who are looking to teach in our district. Please visit DeSotoCountySchools.org to register. And for more information, reach out to Ashley Bryant at 662-449-7127. That's Ashley Bryant, 662-449-7127. Again, DeSoto County 4th Annual Teacher Career Fair will take place at the Lander Center Tuesday, March 2nd from 2 to 5.
0: It is a great opportunity if you are in education or you want to get into education. Uh, I can tell you now that every job fair has resulted in finding phenomenal teachers or persons that have a heart for teaching and landing them in a school that has benefit the kids. And so if you are a person who really is into education or looking for a job or looking for the great DeSoto County schools, which it is, a great place to work for, please make your way to that. It is a great opportunity.
1: Continuing our shout-outs, we have a young lady that cheers for Hernando. So she cheers right here under the water tower. Miss Bailey Astor has signed a scholarship to cheer for the uh, University of Memphis dance team. I think that's a pretty big deal. I mean, they're It team, is. Yeah. Believe
0: it or not, Memphis cheer, Memphis dance is elite. Yeah. Uh, so that is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations, Bailey.
1: Absolutely so we want to do another shout out there our DeSoto County Friday on Fridays we do our DeSoto County shout-outs for sure Bailey congratulations we say it all the time if you kids are getting an opportunity for someone else to pay for your education other than mom and dad uh, some maybe maybe grandmothers some 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 grandparents but <laughs> community uh, yeah. exactly community uh, please you know do that pursue that so congratulations to Bailey uh, for her success and, and good luck at Memphis. Zach most of the Chilean competitions I see now happen in Orlando.
0: This is correct.
1: They do like to go to Florida. Absolutely. And if you're looking to go to Florida, reach out to Magical Destinations of Fernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give these ladies a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can call them at 662-469-6304, that's 662-469-6304, or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited.
0: We want to welcome our newest advertiser, Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing their very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure their lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can make to keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That is 662-892-8419. Or check them out on the website, GreenKingSpray.com.
1: North Point Christian School will offer a preview-the-point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Monday, March 22nd, 5 to 7. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college prep school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as our unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. That's 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Monday, March 22nd, 5 to 7, and see if you and your family are ready to join our North Point family. Zach, we'll go ahead and move our attention to basketball. What we're going to do, there, there have been some signings and some different things. Again, we mentioned Bailey uh, signing that letter of intent for uh, to cheer. But from a sports signing standpoint, we're going to push that to, to Tuesday. So we may have some extra signings, that type of stuff. But we're going to talk more about that on Tuesday when Derek's back because Derek compiles that pretty well for me. So we're going to do that on Tuesday. But we will turn our attention. Speaking of North Point, uh, North Point girls, since our last show, North Point girls are the regional champs. Uh, they defeated the University School of Jackson 34. 423. That's 3423. University School of Jackson. North Point is the regional champs. Zach, I, I predicted an undefeated district schedule, but I don't think they've lost in almost two months.
0: Uh, it's impressive. Now, the 34-23 is not what I call a barn burner, <laughs> but you know the bottom line is, is, like Butch Davis used to say all the time, I'll never apologize for a W. No, absolutely. You know, and so a W is a W. I would say congratulations to North Point. Those girls have done a phenomenal job, and your prediction is pretty much on point. So, again, congrats.
1: Now they start the state playoffs, really probably having to travel further and, and, and different stuff like that. But, again, congratulations to the North Point girls. We'll update their bracket on our Tuesday show, speak more uh, about that. So let's turn our attention to the public schools, and we'll start with the girls' division. A few different uh, games have happened since our last show. Center Hill. Center Hill is now out of the Center Hill girls, and that's that's yeah, part of you. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, uh, Coach Owens and Coach Barnett and the girls did a phenomenal job this season. Uh, they made it to the second round of the playoffs, which is a huge accomplishment. Sure. And that hasn't happened in many, many years. Uh, the team really gelled together. They had great senior leadership, followed by you know Hope Mueller and some uh, a couple other Candice and a few others. And uh, it's I want to say a real you know personal congratulations to them. But yes, they they fought the number one team in that district, which is Holmes County Central. Very athletic team, right. very very well coached. Uh, you know it kind of got lopsided, but the girls really showed a lot of heart and grit. And so it's unfortunate to see them out, but I do want to say congratulations to them
1: again. Center Hill girls, sixty two twenty nine, did not pull it out against Holmes County Central, but. Again, congratulations to the Lady Mustangs on a great year. Making it to the second round of the playoffs is a big deal. Congratulations to them, but they are out of the playoffs. Speaking of another team that, man, we just thought might go a little bit further, but, again, when you go up against the number one team in the state of Mississippi, it is going to be tough. Under the water tower, the Hernando Lady Tigers, their season comes to an end, 62-48. We're not able to beat Olive Branch last night uh, in the playoffs, so Hernando is eliminated from the 6A playoffs. But, again, DeSoto County team, we want to give them a shout-out, Olive Branch. Um, they're going to be a you know a pretty tough team to beat. Any information on them?
0: This was the game of the week, in my sure, opinion. Of course, you know, if any girls' game in the state, this was it. You know, you're talking about one versus one. Um, and both phenomenal teams. Both have great senior leadership. Both very well coached. All of branch is just a very unique team. Is the the coach there does a fantastic job. He is a pressure. Pressure trap team, and that is difficult in sure. rural sports, especially basketball. Um, and so he applies that pressure at a, a fantastic uh, amount and does a very good job with it. And it makes it difficult for other teams to score. A lot of mistakes happen when you're do, when you're that style of defense. Uh, and he's the kind of guy who puts his foot on the pedal and doesn't release it until the final bell. Right. Um, you know, and that's just the way it is. And so uh, I think Hernando scoring 48 is, is an accomplishment. I think it was a great game. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see what Ob does in the next round and uh, hopefully they can take it all the way to the end hey what
1: did you coach before you moved into the administrative side what did you coach catch us i I was
0: a i was a football coach and a powerlifting coach and i did some track uh you know i'm a pigskin guy and i love to hit the iron you know and so I had a lot of success on both of those and uh you know it and i was able to do a lot of that in DeSoto county and i miss it you know a lot but uh you know i found my niche where i'm at now But a high
1: school coach, I mean, you you can't turn that that off. You watch, I mean, just about any kind of high school sport you'll watch and
0: and, and know about and enjoy. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, like, bottom line is, is that if you coach high school sports, it's because you love working with kids. It ain't the paycheck. It ain't the glory. It is truly because you like seeing kids develop. You like seeing kids succeed, and you want to see where they go. Like I said, I coach Cash, who's my partner and uh, co-host, and to see what he's been able to accomplish and where he is now. Every day I see him; I, it's a puff of the chest to say, "You know, did I help him get there, or was I just a kind of a guiding light?" And that's all it took for me. That's the best paycheck anybody sure. can get as an educator, a coach in this entire county, or this state, or the country.
1: Right? Are you saying at this particular time on the UTW podcast is when you'd like to talk to Corey Elselton about a raise?
0: Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. I think Corey Elson has done a phenomenal job as superintendent. Uh,
1: I'm just kidding. But go back to what you just said That when you said a pressure team. If I coached high school sports, whatever sport that is, football, baseball, basketball, I mean, these kids are you know 13, 13 to 19 years old. Man, I would I would just pressure all the time. Uh, I mean, whether and, it be pressing, whether it be trapping, whether it be just, like you said, a gas uh, foot on the pedal type stuff. Because you want the 16-year-old kid whose girlfriend broke up with him before he got on the bus to be the guy. we had. We played... Our high school baseball playoff game. We should have lost the game. We hit it out there to the right fielder. Somebody. It was a pop up, and the kid missed it. And we moved on because of that kid. And I'll never forget learning or thinking from that. A, hey, I I felt really bad for him. I'm, of course, I'm. You know, whatever. But at the same time, I just think, man, just put the ball in play and let that 15-year-old kid who's thinking about the chemistry test, let him make a mistake. Exactly. exactly.
0: Exactly. And that's high school sports. That's it. You know, if you have two really good teams, it's the person who scores last or it's the person who makes the most mistakes. Right. That's just what it is.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, I learned that sitting here with Reed Flanagan. I mean, you had – you know, when, when Wilkie and Flanagan were on, they were just – when they were at their best, it was when they were the most controlled and, and calm and so forth. That's when they were at their best.
0: Yeah, some people shine under pressure. And some people don't, and you know it seems nowadays that your star athletes who end up getting scholarships like that, they've learned uh, accustomed to handle pressure, cool under that kind of situation, and they excel or thrive in those moments. A couple of years ago, our basketball team went to the state championship versus what I considered the best team in the state, all the branch at the time. I mean, it had DJ Jeffries, you know, and had several Division One talents like that. We were able to get out of there with a W and get the, you know bring the home the gold ball because our seniors were cool under pressure. They sure. were not given the chance to. They thought the game was in hand. Before the game was over, we were already – you know, were so many points, you know, underdogs and so on, and they rose up. And so uh, it, that opportunity is always there, and that's what makes great high school sports Absolutely. so great. It's pure. Yeah, there's, there's not money. There's not contracts. There's not egos. There's not all those things like that. And if you have good officiating and a game's allowed to play, you're about to watch one of the best things anyone can watch if you're a sports fan. Sure.
1: Especially during coronavirus. You you listen to our show every week. What do we say, man? Kids, congratulations for having a season. Hernando Lady Tigers, you couldn't beat the Isle Branch the other night. But, man, what a good season. 20-plus wins, an opportunity in the playoffs. But, again, you played almost 30 games of basketball when there's kids right above the – across the state line that are sitting at home. So, oh, yeah, congratulations. They're, they're
0: on their couch and they're not getting to play and they're envious and so – Uh, Great season Congratulations to the girls You have nothing to hang your hat about
1: And look We'll be cheering on Olive Branch Olive Branch will host Madison Central So uh, Madison Central will be coming to Olive Branch
0: Should be today If it's Friday Right
1: Yes. Yeah, Friday. Again, we're recording this on Thursday, so it's going to be tomorrow. They're going to be coming. So, good luck to the Lady Keisters as they host Madison Central. I think Olive Branch should move on. They're, they're good enough to be to be in Jackson.
0: To me, in my opinion, there's not a better team in the state than Olive Branch Conquistadors. Yeah. Uh, the way he's coached, the way those kids play, so like that, I do believe the Olive Branch Conquistadors are – I wouldn't say a lock, but I would be very surprised if anyone – it would be an upset if they did not bring home the gold ball.
1: And so, look, we're going to turn our attention from the girls. Congratulations to all the girls in DeSoto County, uh, North Point, the girls that continue to play. Uh, congratulations to all them for for their success this year. Um, again, you got to play 25, 30, 35 basketball games. Uh, you know, your seniors. You'll never forget that. So, congratulations to you all. We're going to turn our attention to the boys' side now. And what we're going to do, because the games are happening tonight, okay, again, we're recording Thursday, roughly 5. o'clock the games are happening tonight so we're going to set you up with what these games are we're going to talk about them briefly but we can't really can't give you a whole lot of information about them because uh well they happened tonight so (laughs) they're going to be tipping off in about an hour from when we're recording so here we go center hill goes to new hope
0: that is correct. Center Hill uh, is led by Zandon Harrelson as uh, our senior leadership. Uh, he's averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-five to thirty points a game. Uh, they're going to be facing a very tough New Hope on their home court. New Hope is a strong team that has four out of five shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very talented in the perimeter. They're a type of team that shoots a three or cuts to the bucket. They're not a they're not a uh, they're not a ten and end team. That is a live and die style of offense. Uh, you know, if you're doing good, get ready to take your sure. barn burner. Yeah. If they're not shooting well, get ready to get roped. Right. Uh, so it's going to come down to how the shooting goes and whether or not Center Hill is able to step up on someone else's home turf to be able to advance to the next level. Uh, you know, I'm partial to Center Hill. I see. I see Center Hill walking out of there with a W, but it might be a close one.
1: All right. So that's going to be a prediction from Zach right there. I agree with you. I'm going to go with Center Hill, which is all we can do because by the time you listen to our show when we release it, it's going to be the games already be played. So good luck to the Mustangs as they travel to New Hope next game. Right. right? Right here in DeSoto County, two... The Soda County teams, Olive Branch, did beat Warren Central earlier this week, 86 to 43. So they blew out Warren Central earlier this week. Now they've got to travel to South Haven, who was the number one seed, got the bye. South Haven, Olive Branch. You've seen both of these teams. Tell me about them real quick.
0: Uh, Olive Branch is very talented. Olive Branch has two tall players, uh, two seven footers. Oh wow! It is very impressive. Uh, they're still learning. Uh, you know, they're uh, the coaches. You know, you can tell has the system the coach is trying to put in place. These guys are still figuring it. Out a little bit that's from you know that's from multiple eyes not just mine um, you know but you can't coach height sure so the guys can you know, there's a lot of rebounds a lot of putbacks and things like that and the team is gelling well at the right time sure. so you could actually see an upset here of olive branch over South Haven South Haven is a very emotional team as I like to say they are they kind of led by one of their tall guys number five uh, he's a very physical player uh, he draws a lot of attention uh, he, he is a he is a force to be reckoned with but they are so athletic on the outside parameter Uh, they can cut to the bucket they've got two good shooters coach Wilson there does a phenomenal job this is one of those situations where I could say OB could possibly upset them this is a long time standing rivalry, and this is a situation where having the week off I think doesn't help South Haven right Um, they needed to keep playing I think you know keeping the hot streak going uh, I think that might hurt them I could see OB upsetting them by a point or two tonight we'll see how it goes
1: you want to do a prediction or maybe not
0: Sure, I think, honestly, I think Olive Branch upsets them uh, tonight with a low scoring game by you know a couple points
1: wow that'll be awesome we'll have to update that on our show on Tuesday we'll circle back on mine and Zach's uh things but uh, I'm gonna go South Haven I'll go with the Chargers I, I, like you said I I think they're good enough to get the Jackson I think they're good enough to move on I always like to look and see hey where should teams lose uh where should teams you know what's their kind of ceiling and if somebody's in the lead eight or a final four team you know I just kind of see them losing you know uh maybe next week but I I, I predict South Haven to win so we'll, we'll judge that one on Tuesday next up Hernando High school who was not supposed to win. Let's no. be honest with you, under no. the water tower, no offense gentlemen, uh, Hernando came in, you know, got into the district tournament, they get the 3 seed. They go down to Germantown and beat them 69-59 earlier this week. Congratulations to Hernando for an opportunity to move on. But You get to move on and travel to Clinton.
0: You know, I think it's a great win versus Germantown, but I think they're on borrowed time. The bottom line is Clinton is probably one of the top teams in the state. This could end up in a very long ride home from Clinton, unfortunately. But you know what? I hope the Tigers, you know, go in there and shock them. For all you know, Clinton is overlooking them. Um, you know, and it could be a situation where, hey, you never know. And, you know, and officiating in basketball can make a big difference. It sure. could be five, ten points difference if, you know, things are going the right way, wrong way, however you want to look at it. And for you to know, if Hernando's able to keep it close in the final minutes, fouls, whatever could happen, it could, it could make the difference. However, I don't see that really happening. I, I yeah. see Hernando coming back and being proud of, a, you know, making it to the second round and Clinton moving on.
1: Hernando's, I mean, you know, really and truly, guys, the, the girls have been uh, kind of the talk of the area, you know, this this season. But the boys, have, it was a struggle this year. And so to get to the second round, congratulations there. But, hey, look, let's see what happens tonight against Clinton. Um, you know, it may be one of those things where Hernando looks up and the best the best thing about the night is the the Frosty from Wendy's on the ride home. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, last game on, on the slate. For the boys side, which will happen again, tipping off probably in the next hour or two as we record on a Thursday, uh, late late afternoon, early evening. Lake cormorant hosting Columbus. Lake Comeret got the buy because they beat Center Hill in the district in the district tournament. But Lake Comeret playing Columbus. Tell us about Columbus. Something very interesting about them that you let me know before the show.
0: Columbus uh, is, a, is a good basketball team, it's well coached. However, how the team looked in the beginning of the season and how the team looked now is drastically different. My understanding is that Columbus has lost a few players due to academics, as well as I think their star player is out for the ball game for possible disciplinary action. This could be uh, quite, ca- quite a catastrophe for Columbus coming into Lake Comrade. as uh, <laughs> Lake Comrade is a good basketball right. team. They are very strong. Uh, they're very athletic. I will say that Lake Carmel is very strong when they rise to the competition level they're in. It could also backfire. Columbus coming in, if they are aware of these situations and think they overlook them, Lake Carmel has been known in the past to you know play down to its level of competition, and it could could spell trouble. But unfortunately, I think Lake Carmel rolls, yeah. uh, destroys Columbus in this ball game, probably by fifteen or more points. Yeah. Um, and Columbus heads home and puts their stuff on mothballs.
1: I'm gonna say Gators by more than twenty. But I agree with you. Like yeah, high school kids, they kind of they they've heard the hey they're missing some stars, missing some players, so they might kind of play down a little bit. But I think they kind of get the ship righted, and I think it's a 20 point win for uh, Lake Commerce. So good. Again, we record this uh, late late afternoon, early evening on Thursday. Uh, so Zach uh, again has his job there at Centennial High School. Um, not able to do it early in the morning as we sometimes do, gentlemen, ladies from earlier. Congratulations on the season. Whether it ends tonight or you carry on or you bring back a goal ball, it doesn't matter. What a heck of a good season. And that all these kids have had uh, the opportunity to play. Uh, hey, real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on and, and wrap up. Coaching, teaching, COVID-19 era. Last year has been something amazing for you guys, having to totally just regroup and, and everything. Tell us briefly about that. What's that been like?
0: Uh, it has been a challenge, needless to say. I think everybody was happy to come back to school or at least have the opportunity to come back to school. Um, I think DeSoto County did a great job uh, with the plan we put in place to allow those to have that option. Uh, you know, we were able to get money in from the, you know, from outside sources to be able to bring devices in and so on for kids to be able to have adequate needs met. And I think, you know, the masks, things we've been doing at school have been effective. We have a good a good system in place. Mr. Russell did a phenomenal job of making sure we had school nurses at every school. Uh, at Center Hill, we had to share a nurse before this year um, and they were able to bring one in uh, who is an absolutely absolute asset. And everywhere I've seen so far, that every school that I have friends and contacts with has really grown to appreciate having that nurse on campus. And that's been a huge difference. If a kid is showing symptoms or there's a sign or anything like that, there's a protocol in place. You know, we, we make separations, we make judgment calls, we get parents involved. And so far, we've had great community support with this. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, you're always going to have a couple of them that disagree or like that. But when you all you have to do is say, for the better and safety of everyone, this is the right decision and let's play it safe, that's what you have to do. And, you know, and so far that has spelled well. Um, Don't get wrong. There's been some tough situations where, like like I said, sports teams have not been able to play. Our seasons have ended because of things and everything else. But, you know, every day you get to do something at school to have some level of normalcy is a blessing. And so I always say count those instead of looking at the negatives that you lose. Again, from the administrator standpoint, I can say thank you to every single teacher out there who is busting their butt to teach not kids only in the classroom, but teaching kids at home, sacrificing their personal time outside of the school building to help those kids, basically being available 24-7, weekends included I cannot say enough to how much I appreciate you and that you make every administrator in this county, every top-level superintendent, board, look great every day. And it's another reason DeSoto County is a step above and the top of the heap for the state of Mississippi.
1: Man, you're always going to get that kind of love uh, from the UTW podcast. Derek's mom was a teacher. Uh, my mom was a teacher. So it's definitely something that's important to us. And, um, you know, Derek's wife is involved in the schools. And, and so just we just we are lucky in DeSoto County to look up. And our kids are at school every day. I mean, the fact that we look up and, and we're worried about snow when there's kids that have not sniffed a, uh, in-person learning since about March 12th of last year,
0: truly amazing, truly, truly amazing. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that we can get back to complete normalcy. Hopefully that's sooner than later. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more.
1: Look, if you enjoy what you hear each and every week, uh, even when we have a guest host as, as, as high quality as, as, as Zach, uh, you know. Find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Most importantly, share, share, share this episode, every episode. Uh, We've had great feedback for our Canada interviews from last Wednesday. The three gentlemen that sat down, our Ward 3 candidates, may have been our most listened to show. A lot of good, positive feedback. And again, with no debates or anything like that, that's what I mean. Now is the time, the way to get people's uh, attention and, and, and get your vision out.
0: That, well, the interviews are the debate. The reality sure. of it is, is that if you want to hear from your candidate and hear what they have to say and what their vision and goals are for your ward and your area of this town, this is your best avenue. Hear it from the goat's mouth himself. Right there. Sure. You know, and that's that's what you want. Yeah, and we've
1: got some great stuff coming up. Going to interview the gentlemen that are running for Ward 4 coming up this weekend. So that'll be back on Wednesday, a special episode next Wednesday of the UTW podcast where the Ward 4 candidates will get to, you'll get to hear their voices, get to hear 15, 20 minutes of, of what they're think, what their plans are as representative of your ward uh, here in Hernando. Also importantly, wherever you're listening to our podcast, hit subscribe, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you do to listen to podcasts, please, please, please hit subscribe so our numbers can continue to grow for our advertisers. If you're interested in advertising, uh, with us at the UTW Podcast or if you're interested in advertising with the OB Pod, please reach out to us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com that's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. If you're interested in advertising on on the OB Pod uh, as Zach was, was talking about earlier, uh, we, we can certainly forward that information to him and assist there. But again underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com for our advertisers. We do continue to grow. It's a great time to get involved. There's a certain number of advertisers we're getting close to that number where we're not going to take anymore uh, mainly because it's just we don't want to uh, you know water down the show but again Zach thank you so much for coming in visiting with me helping me out again I joke again uh, the talent level went up whenever <laughs> when you walked in tell us real quick give us the social media give us the information about OB pod starting off in the next few days
0: well, first, the, the thank you for the opportunity. It, it's been a, uh, This has been a very awesome experience for me to be able to sit down on this mic and talk with you guys and fill in for Derek. Uh, you know, we laugh and joke, but uh, I think Derek is a phenomenal host. You're a phenomenal host, and I really appreciate this opportunity. As for OB Pod guys, like I said, we're going to drop the episode next week. We already have a preview episode on the Apple podcast or whatever provider you use currently right now, so the subscribe button is available. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that when the first episode drops, it's immediately already in your library, so you can be listening to it. Uh, like I said, we're going to have some great content. It's kind of Olive Branch-centric, but it is also going to handle the county uh, as well as the state, and we would greatly appreciate it. Also, our email is theobpodcast at gmail.com as well as we're on social we're on Facebook and Twitter, and that is OBpod or OBpodcast. Uh, so you can hit us up on those two avenues as well. We look forward to hearing back from you, and if you do hit up subscribe on the Apple Podcast, give us a quick review. Believe it or not, when you give those reviews, that actually helps every podcast change you on the search engine, thus making it becoming more popular when it comes to the ranking. The higher the ranking, the more it helps your community. So make sure you're doing that for both podcasts, that's Under the Water Tower, as well as OB Pod after you hit that subscribe button. But other than that, I really appreciate it.
1: Man, I can't wait to listen to it. Congratulations on that. You and Cash, again, I can't wait to sit down, and take <laughs> go to lunch as a rooster production group and, and, and make Derek kind of squirm a little bit. Actually what we'll do, what'll what'll be worse, if Derek
0: sees what we eat or if we hand Derek the check? Uh, ooh, <laughs> that's a that's a tough call. That's a real tough call. I'm gonna go with the check. That is as exactly. much as a stickler as he is. Yep you know that'll burn him up pretty plan
1: on it plan on it Derek Derek Lisa happy anniversary hope you have a wonderful vacation Zach thanks for coming in with me if there's nothing else I'm Matt I'm Zach join us next time under the water tower
0: this is where we dropped off a pretty little girl same grade as me tried to kiss her once